You know, Christmas is the greatest time of the year. Why is that? Because God revealed his glory to the world through the birth of his son. Now today, we want to receive the glory. Amen? Mm -hmm. And you can do that. Just as the shepherds experienced the glory on the fields of Bethlehem as they watched their field, flocks by night over 2,000 years ago. Welcome back to another Sunday's message with Pastor Scott Huffman from Lighthouse Church Ministries. Today's message is how to receive his glory. Well, what is glory? The word glory in the Hebrew means weight or heaviness. I grew up somewhat in the 60s, and during the 60s, people would use the word heavy <clears throat> when speaking or referring to something very significant and impactful. And they'd say, boy, that's heavy, man. <laughs> glory is the manifestation of God's presence as perceived by humans. God's glory is the revealing of his character, his person, and his majesty. Glory is a covering or mantle of power, revelation, and brilliance upon an individual believer. Let's look at 1 John 2.27. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true, it is not a lie, and just as it, as it has taught you, you will abide so in him. So what is the anointing? The anointing is the presence and power of the Lord Jesus Christ and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said you should receive power or glory when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Really, the glory of the Lord is his goodness. Now get this, revealed to people. God is good. Everybody say that. God is good. The essence of God is goodness. And when he reveals his glory, he reveals how good he is. Grace and gladness and with great joy accompany that goodness and that glory. Praise God. When we experience his glory, we experience his joy. The term Shekinah glory, which doesn't appear in the Bible, but nevertheless is a truth. It was a shimmering mist or a cloud as it appeared in the Old Testament. Let's take a look at the stories in Exodus 16.10 first. Now it came to pass, as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of children of Israel, they looked to, towards the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. So here we see the first time the glory of the Lord appearing in the Old Testament. And there, as they looked out in the wilderness, they saw a cloud, and it was the very presence and likeness of God manifesting in a physical form. Praise God. Then let's read Exodus 40, 34 through 35. Then the cloud covered the tabernacle of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle, and Moses was not able to enter the tabernacle of meeting because the cloud rested above it. The glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Praise God. The glory was so strong and so powerful, they couldn't even go into the tabernacle to worship uh, because of the presence of the Lord was so heavy upon them. Of course, you know, that glory Moses also desired to experience, and he's the only person really in the Bible, that experienced the God's glory in this dimension or in this fashion. Let's read the story in Exodus 33, 18 and 19, or at least a portion of it. And he said, please show me your glory. Then he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Wow, it's a beautiful bird. We got a, that's a red-tailed hawk. Uh, <laughs> Circling above us. I wish we could pan in on that. Beautiful, beautiful bird. 
Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Praise God for his supernatural strength imparted unto us. Well, here we see Moses gets a glimpse of the glory. God actually put him in the cleft of the rock. And he passed by him. He put his hand over Moses' face because Moses could not uh, look upon the face of the Lord. Otherwise, he would have died or perished. But as God passed by, he pulled back his hand and let Moses see a portion of his glory. And as that glory passed by, as God's goodness passed by Moses, that glory rested upon his face and he glowed with the glory of God. Praise God. And when he came down off the mountain, his face shone with that presence of God and that glory of God. And he had to veil his face because the people couldn't steadfastly look at the face of Moses. Otherwise, they would have died because there needed to be a separation between God and man. And why was there a separation? between God and man because sin that entered the world in the Garden of Eden and so man and God were essentially separated but here we have an individual who was able to come closer and experience that glory firsthand you know I experienced the Shekinah glory as a college kid while praying in a car unexpectedly with a friend we closed our eyes we prayed we opened our eyes there was a shimmering silvery mist in the car and it wasn't fog <laughs> and we knew the presence of the Lord was there and we were awestruck by it. I believe we're going to see that glory again. Um, Jack Hayford, the pastor of Church on the Way, says in his book, Glory on Your House, that that glory came into his church and forever changed the dynamics, atmosphere, and worship in his church on the way. Praise God. The glory changes everything. You know, the glory appeared to the shepherds, as we mentioned earlier, on the fields of Bethlehem. Let's look at Luke 2, 9 and 10, the Christmas story. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. All right. Thank you for that dog barking. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Praise God. Here we have the wonderful story of the angel of the Lord appearing and the heavenly host praising God and the glory of God appearing to those humble, innocent shepherds out on the fields of Bethlehem, the very place where Jesus was born. That glory was revealed in the transfiguration also on the mount when Jesus' face shone like the sun. Here he takes his inner circle, circle, Peter, James, and John, up to the mountain, and there, probably Mount Hermon, and there they saw the glory of God and the power of God manifested. Let's read the story or the narrative in Matthew 17, 1 and 2. Now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, led them up on a mountain, high mountain, by themselves, and he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Praise God. And so uh, all of a sudden, Moses and Elijah showed up along with Jesus. And Peter was like, hey, this is awesome. Let's make a little tabernacle for all three of them. He still didn't quite understand who Christ was. And then a voice spoke, an audible voice from heaven. And uh, this is my beloved son. Follow him. Listen to him. I am well pleased with him. And there it was revealed that Jesus, the son of God, God manifested in the flesh. And the power and the presence and the glory was upon him. Praise God. All right. Well, today I want to give you ways to receive his glory in your life. Now let's personalize it. and Let's make it uh, practical in our lives. Number one. God wants to reveal his glory to us personally. That is his desire. God's glory is accessible to us. 
he veils it to the world, but is more than willing to reveal his glory to his children who love him. Isaiah 61 and 2. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. Wow, look at that Look at that bird right there, perched right there. Is that, is that a real bird? Yeah. Look at that. Is, everybody look at that. You can't pan that around. I wish that we could show that with on some. Look at that. That's, he's posed. His wings are like spread out. It's amazing. Anyway, beautiful. Hallelujah. Well, arise and shine, for the light has come, and the glory of God will rest upon you. It will be revealed to the world through believers in Jesus Christ. We bear that glory on the inside, and then it's going to come to the outside outwardly and be seen and manifested to all. All right, number two, God's glory is associated with worship, and that opens the door to receive his glory personally. I know, Casey, you uh, are really fascinated and love to learn about worship in the Bible. Yeah. Uh, the wise men said, we have come to what? Worship him. Worship is at the core of Christianity. It's at the center of our relationship with God is that we come to worship him and adore him and love him and praise him. You know, as the singer Bob Dylan said, you got to serve somebody. Mm -hmm. You got to worship somebody or something. Everybody uh, worships something in their life. And uh, it's innate in the human psyche. We were made that way to be worshipers. But what we need to do is worship the Lord God himself, amen, Mm -hmm. and the Lord Jesus, and be worshipers of God and not praisers of men. And as we begin to worship the Lord, it opens up a whole new transformation in our lives, and God begins to exhibit and reveal his glory to us in a very personal and dynamic way. Worship is when we give our hearts and minds and spirits to the Lord in surrender, adoration, and praise. Let's read 2 Chronicles 5, 13 and 14. Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voices with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good and his mercy endures forever. And the house of that, the house... Um, and the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud so that the priest could not continue ministering because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord filled the. Amen. So as they began to worship the Lord with their instruments, you know, and, and we are emotional beings. And um, when music comes forth, yeah. it touches us emotionally and it moves us, right? It moves the heart and hand of God as well. And so uh, music is a vital part of worship. And as the worship was presented in the temple, or the tabernacle there, the glory of God came and filled the temple. And the priests, the Bible says, could not even stand up to worship. It was so powerful, so anointed. And literally they fell to the ground because of the presence and manifestation of God. Hallelujah. We're going to see that again. We're going to see people fall to the ground. Not some artificial fake thing, but a real thing. When we come into the presence of God, human flesh cannot contain that power and that presence, it's overwhelming and it causes us to fall. But really, when we fall, we surrender, don't we? Yeah. We submit ourselves unto God. Uh, resist the devil, submit to God. And the Lord will give you grace and he will lift you up. Praise God. Number three, God's glory must be entertained or welcomed by faith. John Wimber, uh, who's passed on now and went on to be with the Lord, the founder of the Vineyard 
Christian church used to say, we welcome you, Holy Spirit, to come and manifest yourself to us. You know, you probably wouldn't enter a house where you're not welcomed, right? And uh, we ought to be welcomers of people to our homes, to our abodes, (laughs) where we live. And we ought to be hospitable. But we need to welcome the presence and power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And as we do that, as we welcome him and expect his spirit to come and manifest his glory to us, great and mighty things, miracles take place when we have an expectancy and believing that God is going to manifest himself and his glory in a very personal and dynamic way. Jesus said, I'll come and manifest myself to you personally. I'll come in an intimate way to you as you seek my face. Praise God. Number four, the glory changes us as we look into the face of Christ. Hallelujah. As we behold his glory, we're changed into his very image and likeness. Second Corinthians 3.18. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as, a, as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed in the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. You know, some people say, well, how do I become more like Christ? How do I grow as a Christian? And so many people think, well, I'll just go out and try to do better. I'll do better. I know I can do better. I've blown it in the past, but I'll, I'll, I'll make it happen. That'll never work. That's futility. You can't be perfected in the flesh or in self-effort. The only way you can do it is through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit working and manifesting himself in your life and bringing, bringing about a transformation in and through you. It is through the Spirit of God that we are changed. We have the Spirit of the Lord is there is liberty, there is freedom. The ability to serve and walk with God and to experience His presence and power and glory in your life. And that's the key, walking in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Number five, the glory of God will heal us, will heal our physical bodies. I believe the Word of God is like a medicine. My son, attend to my words, incline your ear to my sayings, let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them, and they are health. They are medicine to all your flesh. You go to the doctor and you get medicine. You go to Dr. Jesus and you get spiritual medicine, spiritual power, the anointed Word of God. He sent His Word and healed us and delivered us from our destructions, from our diseases, from our infirmities. Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed to the devil, for God was with him. The presence and power of Christ is a healing anointing. And that glory, that healing anointing will come upon us and deliver us, save us, and heal us, and bless us. Praise God. Let's look at Matthew fourteen thirty six. And begged him that they might only touch the hem of his garment. And as, as they touched it, they were made perfectly as well. As they touched the hem of Jesus' garment, they were made whole. You know the little story of the little woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years and she got worse. She wasn't getting better, getting worse. Doctors couldn't do anything. And uh, she said, if I could just touch the hem of Jesus, I've heard about this miracle worker named Jesus of Nazareth and uh, crowds are fleeing to him. And if I could just get close enough just to touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. Notice she said, I will be made whole. She spoke the word of faith. She got within range of Jesus and came down and fell down on the ground and reached out and touched his garment. And there were people pressing in upon Christ, obviously, hundreds of people. And Jesus said, I, he said, who touched me? And his disciples said, Jesus, everybody's touching you. And he said, no, no, no. Somebody touched me with a touch of faith. Somebody released faith. Somebody really believed that if they touched my garment or touched me, power, healing power would flow from me into that person and restore their health. And that's exactly what this woman did. And she trembling said, it was me, Lord. And he said, 
you have been made whole. You've been redeemed and set free by the power of my presence upon you. Praise God. So let's reach out today and touch the hem of Jesus' garment and let's all be made whole. Amen. You can watch Pastor Scott live every Sunday at 1030 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on Facebook and Instagram. Find out more about Lighthouse Church by visiting lnlighthouse.org. 